external force, a spiritual external force that is that is um, causing issue for whatsoever thing you're trusting God not to happen. But Apostle Paul here was teaching us, he said, the weapon of our warfare, not carnal. Meaning that even if they told you, or even if by the Spirit of God you prayed and you saw somebody going to shine because of you, it's not that you take your matchet and go and meet the person and say, Come out, you must confess. You get so even if the way that you know, if an author, maybe something a spiritual force is fighting the person, even if you go ahead and kill the person, it does not stop the thing actually. So the major issue is not about the person. So Paul was correcting the notion, he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I just have to fill that particular place. He said the weapon of our warfare are not carnal. So you don't go and guard your, your uncle in the village and say you don't go out. I will, will match it today until you do all these things. No. So one of the ways that we must, you know, there's a there's a true, I don't understand, I don't want to call it an extreme, but there's this mindset of warfare that we have before. So you start calling your auntie in the village and say, Amarachi must die. I give you seven days, I give you all of these things, I give you, you know. I understand that there can be face when it comes to spiritual warfare. There can be a particular things behind it. When when Paul was trying to preach and Elimas was dis, was disturbing the gospel, was trying to reach out to other people. Paul said what well, Paul had to rebuke him. So in that particular, even though Elimas was under the influence of a demonic spirit, of course, under the influence of Satan, but we see there that there was a fix to that to that particular scenario, trying to hinder the gospel of Jesus. But then again, the Bible also shows in the book of um, in the book of Mark, when Jesus resist, um, and when Jesus rebuked the storm, that was it. Because if you study that particular text, you find that, that when when they rebuked that storm and the storm was calm, the next place they got to was a place where they saw a particular man who had so much demon in it, in, 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 it's inside him. And the Bible said Jesus prayed for the guy, healed the guy, and he went ahead and began to preach in Decapolis. So it is. It is. We can. We can theologically build something and say that it is a satanic wind trying to stop them from getting to push to that to that particular guy. So when it has to do with spiritual warfare, there are times when there can be face to it, and there are times when it's just a spirit behind it. Even though there's a face to it, you must also know that the face is under and is under the influence of his spirit. Now. There was a there was a I call it a testimony that was shared by a man of God. He was just in the church and he was just praying in their church. It was not a service day. He was just praying. Then all of a sudden, he felt that somebody was at his back. So he was praying. He was not really, but the the, the more he, he was praying, and that particular you know he just felt that somebody was there. So he turned back, and then the Lord opened his eyes. Then he saw a, a kind of giant as big as big as the building. Then the demon told him, he said, I'm the one in charge. I'm the, I'm the reason why the church is not growing. I'm the one causing this and this and that. And he said, I just came to tell you that I will not leave. Uh, the man said, I said, you leave. So, of course, the man began to rebuke him in the name of Jesus and cast him out. And see that the church, after that particular thing, the church began to grow. Then, there was also a lesson that was shared by another pastor. He said, he's a brand pastor of a particular popular church, the Pentecostal church. He said, the branch that they posted into, the church will grow and then reduce the number. The church grows, come down again. He said, Then one night he was praying, God, show me. The Bible said, Call upon me on the one side, and I will show you great and mighty things. So, show me if I'm the one, because if I'm the issue behind this church growth, show me if, if I don't know what I'm doing. So, he said, While he was praying that night, he fell asleep. Then he had a vision or a dream. Then in the dream, he saw that in the church, he will arrange the chair as. And he will arrange the chair. Then a lady in the church will come 
and desk and remove to inside the chair. If you arrange the chair again, a lady in the church will come and remove the chair again. Then, fortunately for him, he saw the lady's face and he recognized that he's somebody that is very, that they know in the church. So, even though the woman may be under the influence of his spirit, but there's a face to it. And then there are also times when it's just a demonic spirit. There may not actually be a face to it. For instance, when Jesus rebuked the woman who had infirmity, the Bible said, and Jesus said, in the spirit of infirmity. So, there may necessarily not be anybody from the village or an uncle from the village attacking her. Just um, a real big demon spirit that moves up and down. Do you get? And at the other hand, so the Bible shows us that the case of Elimas, that even though he was under the influence of the spirit, there's also what? A, there's a face behind it. So, even if there's a face behind it, the answer is not to go and say, my auntie in the village, you must die. Sister Marachi, you know, it's today, me and you, or you carry matches. No, that's not it. Paul told us, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not matches. The weapons of our warfare is not um, 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 it's not insults. The weapons of our warfare is not carrying a bamboo stick and say, I will remove your head. No, that's not the weapons of our warfare. So, even though there is a face to it, probably even though there, you know that ah, this person and that person, so that's not how we fight. That's not how we fight our battle. Again, when you see the story of Job, Bible told us the first thing that happened, they were in the realm of the spirits. Satan was moving and, and God asked you, he said he was just moving through and through, you know, all of that. And they had a discussion. And then the Bible told us there in the story that, okay, the temptation has already been planned, all of that. That was a spiritual realm. Then switched to the next phase. We saw Job doing well already. So there are times when is a, is a, how would I call it, some attacks, certain things, and not really because there's a face behind it. It's just a spirit. There are times when you pray for people who are sick. And you can just you can just know that this one is by the influence of the spirit, not necessarily somebody actually doing it. And how to have a, a, a balanced view or a balanced perspective of what of spiritual warfare, like I said earlier, is not carrying bamboo stick, is not carrying the magic, is is by the way that Jesus did to Peter. So even though Satan Peter was under the influence of the spirit, trying to avoid salvation by trying to tell Jesus, ah, you don't have to go, you don't have to do this and all that. Hope you know that to Peter, he meant well. He just loved Jesus Christ so much that he, does, he cannot even afford that we go. But Satan was taking advantage of that love and passion. Are you getting it? From this story alone, there's a lot of there's a lot of messages that can come from it. There are people who can love you so much, you know, as you are fasting 100 days. Ah, you say, you want to kill yourself? You want to do this one to yourself? Ah, you should not do this. So people can love you so much that they can hinder you from even growth. And this can most times be our parents and loved ones. They can love us so much that sometimes they even want to make decisions for us. Do you get so this was the same thing happening to Peter, but Jesus could discern that Peter was an influence. So the Bible says, and Jesus rebuked Peter, even though it was Peter who was holding. It's rebuking, but yet it was two rebuke. One for Peter that allowed himself to be used by Satan, and one for the spirit, which is Satan. So that is the proper way to have a balanced view of what? A, a balanced perspective of spiritual warfare because truly there can be human face behind it who are under spirit and um, um, demonic influence to do all that they want to do and there's times it can just be a spirit 
So if Jesus could, Jesus understood perfectly that that Peter was under the influence of his spirit. So it was two rebukes that I gave to them there. One for Peter and one for Satan. Because the Bible says he, he rebuked Peter and he said, Satan, get thee behind me. For you to allow yourself to be used by Satan. Because, see, the same way that you have to surrender yourself for God to use, is the same way that people have to surrender themselves for Satan to use. For you to get to that point where Satan will not be able to know you, you also give yourself. So the rebuke was not just for Satan alone. The Bible said he rebuked Peter and he said, Satan, get it behind me. So one for Satan, one for, for allowing himself to be used by Satan. And that particular rebuke for Satan to get out from that particular sin. So this is one of the, 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 the um, um, this is how we have balanced perspective to deliverance or to warfare. Let me put it that way. Because I will just tell you that, you know, um, it's not, you don't need to, it's not just focused on Satan and all of that. Yes, we know that there's a spirit. The Bible says Satan is like, he's um, moving through and forth looking for what he will give. But also, there are times when Satan is the assistant of a person to be able to carry out what he wants to do. And that case, the rebuke both for the, both for the person who allowed himself or herself to be used by Satan. So the Bible says, rebuke Peter, but Satan get behind me. So that's the balanced perspective to spiritual warfare. So things to know about spiritual warfare, like I said, number one, that there can actually be a fix behind it. You know, one of the one of the maybe um, extreme perspective that we want to ask sometimes. He just tell you that you know, just forget, don't, don't forget those just focus on Satan, on you know, on the spirit. But we also understand that, that like I said earlier on, that, that there are times when Satan can actually not carry out a particular thing because until he finds the help of another man. I remember a testimony that was shared in my local assembly on The man came and he said that I think he bought land, what is um, that in those kind of region, he bought land and the best thing he bought the land for cleaning machines and all of those stuff, blah blah. Then the man shook him, and since that day that the man shook him, he said, Had issues. Then he came to the man of God. The man of God allowed him to narrate his story. Then he looked at him. He said, So, are you seeing the man who shook him and caused those things to happen to him? But we see that there is a face to it. So the man of God said, if somebody kick you and give you and give you infirmity, it will be an insult for you to pray. So that the infirmity will be bring you and let me shake you back. So the pastor also shook you and the infirmity left. <laughs> are you getting it? So when he has to do his spiritual warfare, there are times when face, there can be face to it. Yes, there are times when fully, you know, and, and let me just put the balance perspective now. If you want determinants, you cannot be dream that your mother is the one chasing you. And Satan just wants to cause issues between you and your brother and your mother. Satan just wants to cause issues between you and your father. So you must have discernment enough to know that just because the sword between the dream does not does not mean you know uh, is they are the one in charge of you. So the reason why sometimes you try to avoid that when you face behind it is because people can blow it out of proportion. Maybe somebody you don't like, you can begin to think that the person is after your life or the person is after your program. So that's why sometimes you shield away from the fact that there can truly be a fit behind the spiritual matter. But the Bible calls here when you have to bring the story of Peter with Jesus and then the story of Paul with Elimas, that truly there can be a fit behind the spiritual world that 
sometimes it can truly be uncle, it can be, you know, we've had stories of people um, who come to church and they confess. They confess that they have done this, they have done that, they have done this, they have done that. In fact, um, um, this is a life story that is on tape. In particular, that we ran to my local assembly in Patakons. We ran there and said that, you know, and there were like five or seven people, and they have been going to grief to sleep in their ground, to sleep for so so days and months that they give them assignment to kill the bastard. Doing it for, for, for a particular long, for, for a long period of time. And then why they were, why they were at it? All of them began to die one time or Mysteriously, you know, all these um, gentle, gentle girls. They were just dying. He was in the house one day and he heard a voice. Spoke to him that he did not run down to the hospital and confess and go to die. So, the entire but the reason why we're careful about it is that you know because when you have to do the face, when, when, when there's a face to it, how do you know the face? So if you're not matured enough, you may see somebody that you don't like, or one of your other people feel that just maybe the woman is just short and very black, and you can just begin to consider that she's a woman. Just because she's short. A Nigerian movie has painted a color or a scenario of how witches and wizards look. So immediately you see the woman, she's short. Just assume that you do one time. So this is why we are very careful what we think that there can be fit behind um, warfare. Then secondly, there are times when it's not a thing. The role is not a human. There are times when it can be spirit. It can be spirit. You know, you are, you are, you are if you are if you are doing some so some miracle, if you watch some of these um miracle clips, some of these great men of God that God is doing amazing things. You will see people who are, who are oppressed. And the man of God can just come and rebuild the school. And immediately the best will be fine. There are times when there's no human things to it when it comes to spiritual warfare. It's just a demonic activity. And you can see what of it. I remember coming again, they, they introduced us for some time ago when we were, when we were just praying there on WhatsApp. And what was the issue of this movie? I think he had one particular um, very serious issue, whether cancer or something. That one will leave after cancer, another thing will show uh, on the breath. That one will leave, another thing will come again. In that case, sometimes it may not be actually a human. There may not be a human thing behind it, but definitely there is a spirit. Because when Jesus was praying for the woman who had infirmity, the Bible said that this woman will have been bound by the spirit of the woman. You see, there are people who need healing, but there are people who they need to cast out demons from them. Let me do it myself. There are people who need healing. Wait, just pray and just lay hands on them. People think that as a believer, you cannot be possessed, but you can be oppressed. Because possessions possession happens in the spirit, but oppression most times happens in your body. When the best man has is not in your spirit. So that's why the best man, your spirit is not, is not what you see, it is your body. So most times, uh, uh, satanic oppression in respect to spirit in your body. So those people, they need to cast out that spirit. So when they are trying to people in Chile, you have to labor for them, you know, they are still there. But they are trying to when they are in spirit of infirmity. The Bible said, when Jesus saw the woman who had who was bound, he said, he knew that this is the spirit of infirmity. He rebuked the spirit of infirmity. Now, that particular woman, if you are bring that to this dispensation, they will have taken her to hospital, you know, is a child, is this and that, they will do what they can do. 
and you just find out that there's a demon just sitting there. This reminds me of a particular man I know in that course. One of my friends is here. But if, I think you should know the man because he's a popular man. Um, um, the man that is all this. The first time I came, to, I went to that was 2005. Then I went to that course later in 2006, we started staying there. Since I found this man, since I left that course last year, there's a wound on this man's leg. The wound. In that wound, that wound is there in his when I do that man. And in fact, the wound has been there before we knew him. So we like 17 years, a particular wound on that man's leg. Every day he's putting something like powder or something. You, you, you will see that wound always there. So in that in that regard, you will know that this one, a demon spirit that partner with just whatever thing that was in that leg. So for 17 years, I knew that man, that particular wound. Don't dry anything. You only see the wound just there on his leg. So you can know that there are things that there are, it's not usually a vision that will be a future, but there can be a demonic spirit. Then number three, how to have a balanced perspective. Now, there are times when even if there's a future, our attention, our focus majorly should not be about the, about the feast. Now, even if you discern that, oh, somebody in your office is trying to get this back, maybe the Lord should be their revelation. You don't have to go and say, ah, Mr. Hukum, you must die. There's a, there's, a, there's a way to go about it. The balanced perspective to it was the, was the um, story that, that I gave us before about the story of Jesus Christ and Peter. So, you don't have to say, Auntie Amarach, ah, you will go down today. And see speed today. So, even though there is a face, even though there can be a face, uh, face behind you must have a balanced perspective of how to go about spiritual warfare. We are going to pray today. So, you must have what? A balanced perspective. So, when it comes to spiritual warfare, we are getting together. What is hardwired? What is what is uh, what is the proper way to go about spiritual warfare? Number one, you must have adequate knowledge. The Bible said that, like Paul said in First Corinthians chapter ten, from four to five, he said that he said the weapons of our warfare, he said, are not what are not enough. So, if you don't have the proper understanding of God's word, if you don't have the proper knowledge of God's word, you will do so many things that that contradict even though let me give you an example now moses was going to save the israelite but there was a time when he saw that he went to pick a stick and kill the egyptian so even though god was going to send him to rescue the israelites but it is not the pattern to which he was using so there are times when you can even discern that this person wants to do this to you. This de- you must also have the requisite, the, the, the depth of knowledge of God's word to go about it. So the best way in having a balance or having a proper spiritual warfare is adequate knowledge. Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not so even if they say, Ah, it's somebody in the village, you know, say tomorrow, taking what and taking uh, uh, what God is good motto, and you buy four matches, put it in your bag, and go to your village. And cut the person to pieces, they will arrest you. Kirikiri will not Kirikiri will not hear that you saw it in, in the vision. Are you getting it? So, when it has to do with spiritual warfare, the first thing that is needed is what knowledge. Is what knowledge. You know, one, one time like that, I was I um, it's been a, it's been a while. 
about two or three years ago. I was scrolling on Facebook one time and I saw one of my follower. I think she make um, somebody, a man of God asked a question and she said something. You know, there's a way that Facebook does. When you post something under somebody's comment, if you're following the person, you can see the comment. And she posted that she normally have brother, um, you know, the spirit husband. Those of you don't, don't believe in spirit husband, all of those stuff and, and these things and all that. But let me just, let me just chip in a bit. Whether you agree that there's spirit husband, there's no spirit husband, or we must agree that there is a, is a demonic activity. So when people tell you that they are going with spiritual, don't say it's just their mind. They cast it out from your mind. No. Anywhere as a child of God, anywhere you see demonic activity, your own is to cast it out. Whether it's spirit husband, whether it's spirit fish, that's not the issue. So I saw the comment that she made there, and I was I wanted to pray with her, but I said, mm, I'm not led by the spirit of God. So I left her. So after some day, I was praying in my room one day, and the Lord just took me to that comment again and say call and pray with her so one day i just message her and i said this and this i said can i call you i called her and you know when i was telling her she thought maybe i knew by revelation i said no i saw it i saw your comment and, but by the spirit of god i knew so she now begins to nice this for me she told me that every time she's in a relationship that when she's in a relationship that some night a giant will come in, in her dream and come and sleep with her and anytime or every time that this giant comes the next day or few days after that particular period, a relationship was scattered. In fact, as of when I called her, it just happened to her. So one night, so I told her I was going to call her in prayer. So that night, I was so angry in my spirit. I prayed with her, and then after, you know, after some time, I keep asking, I said, no, she didn't see the guy again. She has not seen the spirit again. All of this has not. So now, somebody, they can tell somebody that that spirit does, but they now say, go and buy 20 pineapple. Go and buy four this thing. Go and buy... So even though you have the you have the, the you perceive or you are even right that that kind of thing can can be what is disturbing you, so you now think is to go and buy pineapple, go and buy this and that, go and do. So you must in inviting a a, a biblical based spiritual warfare. The first thing that you must need is the adequate knowledge of God's word. So truly, you can be you can actually perceive that there's something there's an issue but if you don't know how to go about it so you must have what the depth of god's word number two you must have wisdom in applying the knowledge of god's word that you have in the book of proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 it said wisdom is the principal thing get wisdom do you know what it means to be principal thing for some most of us here went to school and your while you were in school there were courses they called principal courses Meaning that you may not do any, some kind of courses, you know, but if you fail your principal course, <laughs> you have to write it back. And it's an indication that probably you may not even know the reason why you're in school. So the Bible refers to wisdom as principal. It says wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom. Are you getting it? So you cannot, you can know the knowledge of you can know that there's a demonic spirit in, in this house and there's a this. But there's a wisdom that is needed to apply it. There's a wisdom that is needed to apply God's word. There are people who, they know scriptures. You know, on the online community has exposed most of us. We know scriptures, we know things, but we don't know wisdom how to go about it. Let me just chip in this one. For instance, you're a man of prayer. You have encounters and all of those stuff. The spirit of God normally comes to your room every night and take a camel with you. But once you wake up, you go to Twitter and start writing it. The Holy Spirit told me something, and he said I should not tell anybody, but you are on Twitter saying it. Are you getting it? So, when you have what? 
you have there is a there is a wisdom in applying the knowledge of gospel when it has to do with spiritual warfare. There is what there is wisdom in applying God's word when it has to do with what spiritual warfare. So there are people who know scripture so much, but when it comes to applying, they don't even know how to. They don't know where to start from. What do I do now? And even though I've had a vision, I see that somebody in my office is trying to get them to sack me. So they know scriptures, but they don't know what to do. They don't know how to apply it. So my boss in the office does not like me. What do I do now? So you now go to your boss office and be praying on his chair. Your boss will now come and see you there and say you are trying to do voodoo. So even though you know God's word, but you don't know the right way to apply it. So the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. So instead of going to your boss office and go and be causing um, embarrassment to yourself, why don't you stay in the house? When the Bible said in the book of Proverbs chapter 21, he said the heart of the king is like the waters of river. He said, turn it to wherever that wants it to be. That's the appearance way to pray. Pray with God's word that's in alignment to the situation on ground. You get so using wisdom in respect to the knowledge of God's word that you have. Wisdom is the application, is the proper application of knowledge. Number three. So when you find out that there is a spirit, a, a spiritual warfare, whatsoever thing, that you find that there's a situation on ground. One of the things I know I usually say this every time, in fact, in our last message, but I will not stop saying it. You must engage speaking the word of God. You must do what? You must engage talking God's word. In fact, I was listening to a team, I think yesterday or a few days ago, and the man of God was saying that there was, there was a time when he was very sick in his life. He said he was very, was very sick and the doctor had told him that if he, if he did not stay on his medication, he was going to he was going to die. And he was like, he's too young to be on medication. Like this. So do you know what he did? So every day he wrote Psalm 91 with one other scripture. He said he wrote it down. He said, So every I think is it that um, 33 hours are forgotten? He will go to the bush and go and do this. He will recite his scriptures for 30, 30 minutes. He said he planned to do it for 40 days. He said, but he did it for just one 25 days and the sickness vanished. He said, you, you go to the bush and just sit down there and be quoting scriptures by himself. He said, by his stripes that I'm healed. You two scriptures alone. He said, you just go there for 30 minutes, sit down and be quoting it. Just for 30 minutes, you just sit down in the bush and be He said, on the 2015, the sickness left. He said, now, after two weeks, the sickness came back. But when the sickness came, he met the warded him. He said, when the sickness was took him, he, he said, from his spirit, he just quoted that Psalm 91. He said that was how he was free from sickness till today. Meanwhile, this is somebody that is supposed to be staying on drugs for life. I think so. But he understood the word, the power of speaking God's word. In fact, it was said that he Kenyon, if you go to his house, he, scriptures are everywhere. He wrote scriptures everywhere. No wonder he of Kenyon's church. He saw, he saw. There's an understanding of scripture that they have that nobody at a point they say in this church, nobody died until they get to a particular age. And the minister of God, who was a healing minister, came to his church to go and preach. And while he was done teaching, he said, Can I pray for the sick? He said, Go ahead. He prayed for the sick and he said, If you're healed, come out. And nobody came out. Sir, I don't lost my healing anointing. He was just surprised. Then he don't really came, came forward and told him, He said, In this church, nobody gets sick. That was how much he has soaked them in God's word. It was, is this which people have forgotten who they said it takes his pocket Bible everywhere? 
He said, every, every day, that he, as he wake up from his bed, he read one verse. Before his, his leg touches the floor, you read one verse. Before he do, you read one verse. And he's just reading scripture, just reading scripture everywhere. You wake up from bed, the first thing you go is to that. I'm going to be arguing what you don't do anymore. So when there's a matter of spiritual warfare, you must learn the art of speaking God's word in the area where you have discerned that there's an issue. This is not prayer, just God's word. Maybe your family. There was a lady I prayed in Potaco that period. I don't know if it's not serious now, but when I was praying for her, it's just by the mercy of God. In their family, when they graduate from school, something will happen to their certificates. Just something like that. Or they will not, or they will just have issues. The brother, I think the sister, she too, as on them. She wrote jam and they say the jam says she will go and take her this one from here down. So I put with her and we had a testimony. You know, everything worked out well. Now, when you have an issue in that area, maybe almost everybody in your family, there are things that happen to them. They die untimely. There are certain families at the age of 60, they, they die. You can create, and probably maybe your mother is now, maybe your mother is now 59, and your mom's birthday is next month. You can, you can begin to speak God's word from now. Create a system of taking out like 30, 20 minutes to speak God's word in respect to it. You can write down the name of your mother and say, ah, the Bible said, he said, no evil shall be for you. Then another shall play, come near your dwelling. He said, with long life, let's satisfy you. He said, I'll show you my salvation. You cultivate the habit of speaking God's word around the situation that is unfavorable in your life. When you are discerned that certain, there's an issue, when you are discerned there's a, there's a consistent issue, you must learn to speak God's word prophetically. Learn to speak God's word prophetically. Just speak God's word. You can, and this is not even prayer, you can take out 10, 20 minutes the area. You are trusting God for a job. Take your certificate and put on your table. You can you can create a speaking section of 20 minutes every day. When you wake up in the morning, you put your certificate, you lay hands on it and begin to say God's word on it. The Bible says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. He said, all flesh has together. He said, the man of the Lord has spoken it. So I put the light of God upon you. This certificate, you get me a job. You just speak God's word upon it every morning. Everyone, every morning, your business is not going well. You can write out the name. You can do what? Is your business like a city that cannot be hidden? Nations will come to it. So you just write it down, begin to speak God's word to it. So when it has to do with warfare, you must lift their heart of speaking God's word to the situation. The act of what? Speaking God's word. Because, see, the things you begin to say before you know they will, they will become your conviction. You begin to say them before you know they just become your conclusion. Consistently saying them, pronouncing them before you know. They, before you know, you cannot think. Maybe they say that in your family, people don't, don't used to get married until they are 40. And now, probably you are. You are you, as we begin to speak God's word, the Bible says, Whosoever find the wife, find good thing. He said, You obtain everything from the Lord. Because I'm a good thing, I'll be found. I'll be found. I'll be. You just begin to see. Even when they come and tell you that in your family, you cannot, you cannot believe what they are saying again because you are, you have so soaked yourself in God's word that what you say has not become your reality. It's just God's word. It's just God's word. Years ago on TV, how your Pastor Chris said this word. Is everything you ever need is wrapped up in the word. Go for the word. I wish I understood what when he was saying this thing. So you must learn the art of speaking God's word to this. Then lastly, spiritual warfare, where we are going to pray, the act of prayer. You must learn what? The act of prayer. See, let me tell you something. There's what they call push. 
pray until something happens. Do what? Pray until something happens. Somebody asked a question on Twitter one time and said that um, if you're praying and the things are not working, what do you to do? I said, well, you can you can reschedule and do other things that the Spirit of God wants you to do, but you must not stop praying. You are not a result. You will go ahead again and pray. The Bible says Elisha prayed. He, he said, go the first the first time he went. Go the second time again. Go the third time again. Consistently, the Bible said that even Jesus himself, he said, he went up to the mountain. He said, saying the same word the third time. See, there's a place for prayer of faith too, where you can decree or declare things once and you just leave it. For instance, when Jesus was in, his, in the boat and there was storm, but there's a place where you stay and say, oh, there's an answer, I'm not leaving. Hmm. Until there's what? There's an answer, I'm not leaving. I know you're not a pastor, but let me just give you, because most of the examples I'll give you actually feels uh, in respect to the things that I do. You know, if you, I begin to study church growth and pastors who are pastoring bigger churches, and one of the things you will find out about them is that, see, they have been praying for long before they saw the growth. They have been doing what? Pastor told us in Port Harcourt that they have been praying for church growth since 1997. But it was on 2004 they saw church growth. You see, it was December 2004. They crossed overnight. They just saw crowd that they've not seen before. They said, where is this? They now remember a lot of spiritual investment that they have made. So you see things not going not going well around you, your family. It's not just say, ah, I don't pray. You pray again. It's called push. Pray until something happen. You do what? The Bible gave an example in the book of Matthew. I think so. He said the man, now I'm paraphrasing now, that a man came and a man was in his room. He was sleeping already with his children. They were on the bed. Another man came and was knocking on the door. Ah, please open for this. He said, I'm already in the bedroom with my children. I cannot come out. He began to bang on the door. He said, one of my visitors is coming and I have to give him bread, all of that, all of that. And do you know what he said? The Bible said that that particular man is stood up from his bed. He said that, I'm not coming just because you have a visitor. I'm coming because of your importunity. I'm coming because of your force, because of your consistency, because of the way you are consistent what you're doing. See, let me tell you, there is a way you will push the door or something. Even Satan will know that you push this thing. When you don't take a no for a situation, you look at the things in your family, nobody's rising. Everybody's just stopped down. Satan just held everybody's finances. This one trying to rise up, this happens. This one trying to... See, these are the period where you pray, you raise a prayer altar in respect to it. When I mean prayer altar, I was discussing with my uncle yesterday the night, and I was telling him, I was just discussing this with him, and I told him that, you know, we we're discussing some issues, and I told him that when he has to do a situation like this, what you do is to raise a prayer altar in respect to this. What do I mean prayer altar? You can say the next seven days I'm fasting for a job. Yes, so I know that we fast for intimacy and fellowship. Yes, but prayer is not only their act, even though the major reason why we pray is for intimacy and fellowship. But one of the things that prayer also provides is a platform to obtain requests. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Don't let anybody trip you because you want to fast and pray as you're trusting God for joy. Or you're trusting God for increasing your finances. As you learn the act of being diligent and providing value, and you must also add that act of what? Worrying it in the place of prayer. So you push, I call it pray until something happens. So you create a prayer project in respect to it. You can see the next seven days I'm taking a fast. And do what? I'm taking a fast. So that part that you're, you're taking is not to pray for any other thing. That part, that, that seven days is only job you are praying. 
that first seven days is you are praying that the hand of Satan over your family finances be broken. So when you see issue, you create what I call altar, prayer, uh, prayer altar in respect to that issue. Pray until something happens. You pray. See, let me tell you something. Pastors don't have any superhuman power. The only grace, I know that there is a grace upon your office of being a pastor. Yes. But then again, every challenge that you face is what I face. Eh? Everything that you do, everything I see you should do is what I do. So, I was sharing with them humorously a few days ago when we were praying in the afternoon. I told them that the same way you are hungry as your fasting, the same way I'm hungry. In fact, there are times when to join prayer, I want to struggle. Because these days, I spend time praying in the night. If I tell you that I've been awake since 4 o'clock till now, you won't believe me. But I'm 4 or 3 o'clock, and I cannot really know when I woke up. I woke up to pray. When I was not praying, I, stood, I tried to sleep no way. I studied. When I'm done studying, I read a book. Don't read a book. Till then, I'm still awake now. So, just imagine that. And do you know what it is when you are fasting and you're not taking water? And then, you're not taking water till six. Then you pray in the midnight. You just try to do When there's a matter, your throat will be so dry that you'll be craving for water. Then imagine that you have to stay like that till six in the next day. <laughs> so, the same thing that you face is what pastor face. We all do what? We all, we all, we all work out in the place of prayer. The world war walk in the place of prayer. So when it comes to spiritual warfare, one of the things that you must not do is the act of it. Consistently in respect to it. In what? In respect to it. So when I, I, I was listening to a, a, a I was to Reverend Chris, I've listened to it before, but I just decided to listen to it again. He was sharing that he was pastoring a fellowship before, and then the fellowship was not growing. And the people were doing one can. You know how human people well, you may not know if you're not a pastor. Because sometimes there are people that you think that they should be committed, but they will not be committed. There are people that at this level they should be leaders. You should not tell them what to do, but they will not do it. They will just wait and just people that you should be following other people up. You still be the one following them up. He can be tiring. He said he just he just began to pray, said, Spirit of God, help me. Then he said he took out time to fast. And for two weeks he was praying. And Lord spoke to him, you know, led him to pray in the night and in the morning. He said, one of the nights he was praying. And just as if the Spirit of God just, there's a power that such. Then he came to the fellowship the next day. As he was just singing, I said, praise the Lord. People were just crying under the power. And just saying, and just asking for forgiveness. He said, these same people asking for forgiveness. And the same people that he has, he, had, he had told them or corrected them on things that they did before that is not right. And they were not even saying but when he went to what God wants to do with the people, God started with him. So God cannot use him to do it to the people. So you may see situations, unfavorable situations in your family are not going well. See, you can complain from Matthew tomorrow. Complain does not change things. The Bible says, in the book of Ezekiel, the Bible says, I sought for a man and I found none. And do you know why you know that sometimes God is depending on you to rescue that family in the place of prayer? Because some, you see some family, things are not going well. But nobody sees it as an attack. They want an explanation to it. Uh, Job in Nigeria, uh, uh, the governor, the president, uh, this, uh, they see, when, if you want obvious explanation to things, Satan will give it to you. For the fact that you are the one who can discern that this is the hand of Satan, is an indication that God is calling you to the place of prayer. It's an indication that God is calling you to do something in respect to the situation. So you have to stand up in the place of prayer. 
Nobody in this family gets married. 48 people get married, they will divorce and come back to their father's house. People have children everywhere, they are not married. Nobody ever rises financially. People rise, they get to a church level and they come down. I share this over and over again that my mother's family, they gave birth to 17 children and they died till they remained two. They did what? They were 17, my mother's place. They died consistently almost every year. In fact, I dream to see some of them died. Mysterious death. Just one kind of death that you cannot even explain. Are you getting it? So you must do what? You must rise up in the place of prayer. So it's one thing that I want you to do, man. I want you to look at the area of your life. And start like you ever sing again. As I pray in tongues and as I begin to pray, you just be sinking on that. You get it? So I want you to look at one area of your life where you know that there is a, you can know that the hand of Satan is in this area. Why is it that no boy? See, you can see that's why we say that. Hard work is what brings money out of it. I know there's a place to, 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 to work hard, but there are people who work on all of it. It's just as if they hand of Satan. There's a, there's a spirit of poverty, let me put it that way, that is just sitting in the family. Nobody ever rise. People are diligent, they will do things, they can't go up. People just, people involved in all kinds of things, they can't just rise. People marry in the family, and after a few years, they divorce and come back. There are people, they stay for years, and they never get out. So, what do you do this night? You look at the area. I don't know the area, you know the area, because we are here already, together. So, you may meet your mic, and you are free to also meet your mic. And you are free to go to the place where there is one, because I want you to pray from the depth of your heart. Lord, how can it be that in my family, nobody ever rise financially? Every forces of darkness over this family that hinder people from rising financially. Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray. He said, it shall not be few. He said, I will glorify her. She will not. Lord, Oh, 
it is written, you multiply it shall not be few. It is written, you glorify you will be small. We decree the city of Ibadan is open to Penya.